Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Graham, and on today's episode, we have Elise Elise Planty is a mama of three, stepmom of two, and a student midwife close to graduating. Through the experience of birthing her babies, quote-unquote, big-at-birth babies, Elise learned the profound and invaluable lesson of honoring the magic and mystery of childbirth. Um, And I just wanted to say I so enjoyed this conversation. This is finally the first time I got to record someone that I know in real life, and Elise is just as amazing and um, wonderful and all the good things as she is in real life as she is is on this podcast um and I just want to send congratulations to Elise I mentioned it in the episode but she recently got a position at a birth center and I'm super happy for her and all the paths forward ahead for her um with midwifery and um yeah I hope you all enjoy the show thank you so much for listening hi Elise welcome to the podcast thank you so much for being here Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Mm-hmm. I am so happy to have you here. Just uh, I want to just make mm-hmm. listeners aware too. I know Elise in real life. She's amazing. Um, yeah, and I'm super excited to have someone mm-hmm. on the show that I actually know. And it's really it's such a such a treat. Thank you again so much for being here. Um, and wherever you would like to begin your story. Totally. Yeah, and wherever you'd like to begin your story, um, please share. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I saw, I just have to say, Dan, I saw you, you know, a post that you were doing this podcast, you know, Birth Warrior, sharing your story. And um, I've been wanting to share my stories and haven't really found, um, I don't know, I just haven't stumbled onto the right opportunity that felt just like, yes, do it there, you know, and I know that I need to write them down. I can't believe I haven't written (laughs) them down fully yet. But, um, but I think about them all the time. I have three kids. And yeah, when I saw you post about it, I was like, yes, with Jaden, that's perfect. And Indie Birth, (laughs) like, perfect, 100%. Yay. um, Yeah, I'm really... I'm grateful for you that you, you know, walk this path and do this work and um, just create the space for people to share story. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm um, super honored to do, mm-hmm. to do this work too. It's really great. Such a, such a pleasure. Cool. I thought I would share um, the story of my third birth. Um you know, yeah, each one of my births has the has these really incredible breakthroughs, you know, throughout them. And um, so I'm 
Yeah, Jada knows. I'll just um, say it for the for the listeners. I'm a student midwife. I've worked in birth for since my first was born. Um, it's the I'm 38. It's the only thing I've ever done. It's the thing that I feel totally at home um, with. Uh, just uh, I don't know, holding space for birth, just learning about birth, talking about it, feeling it. It's a great metaphor for everything in life. Um, it's just so profound. There are hardly words to describe um, just how powerful I feel that birth can be or that is regardless of your experience, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, in my own stories, each one of them um, includes these amazing breakthroughs for myself. I was raised by um, a hospital administrator, mother and military father and stepfather and just you know lots of really intense structure um and I guess in my life but also my mom was incredibly compassionate in this really special way like I secretly believe that underneath it all she or you know in our past lives she was like the best kind of magical witch ever you know and Mm -hmm. and so I related to her on this um on this really deep level in that way but um, coming, coming into my birth experiences and my pregnancies was pretty trippy for them where I, I was always kind of the, you know, the black sheep of the family, always doing crazy things. And they were wondering if I was going to be okay. And when I said <laughs> I wanted a home birth, they, they were all like, all right, luckily no one really fought, you know, fought mm-hmm. it too much, but I could just feel the tension. And so from birth one to birth three, my, you know, my third birth, I really unraveled um, kind of how much I was hanging on to like getting my parents approval in my own birth experiences and, you know, childbearing. I think a lot, if not all um, people go through that if, when they're choosing to have children is kind of just separating themselves from their, their upbringing and their parents and making their own choices, standing on their own two feet and, um, you know, everyone has their different levels of severity of how much they're trying to get their parents approval for things or even being aware <laughs> of it. You know, I was not aware of it in the beginning. But so, you know, I got my dilation checked in my first birth, which is great. It's a super useful tool. Um, but in my second birth, I was like, I don't need that at all, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not in my third either. And um, so by my third home birth, um, I was um, living way rurally out in Mendocino County in California, um, you know, an hour and a half from a hospital, um, really just like in the middle of the Mendocino National Forest. And like we have helicopter insurance, you know, because, yeah, that's what you do out here. That's if what you, want you to do. To a hospital, <laughs> that's the way. Totally. <laughs> um, but I was like, whatever, I know I can do this. My first two babies were bigger than nine pounds and I, and it was, it was fine. They, you know, it's interesting. I have these like little curiosity. I feel like uh, one of my callings is to really help empower um, birth around big babies. And so that's what um, kind of my story, I guess, is maybe centered around. Also, just really, yeah, trusting, trusting, you know, just constantly repeating that in our minds, no matter what, trusting, you know, and, and my own birth, that was, that was key. Um, my, I thought I was super prepared, you know, I thought I was like, 
I'm going to, I got this. I wish I did. I did have it, but I was really just like, my husband's going to catch this baby. It's, he has four daughters. This is his fifth, you know, two of those girls are mine. Um, this is his fifth and it's his son. He's going to have a boy and he's going to catch this baby. We're finally going to do this where we catch our baby. And, um, I had a good friend be my midwife. I was at birth, uh, a birth of one of her babies. And, um, my preceptor at the time was also present, um, who I was apprenticing with for student, you know, midwifery studies. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they were great. They were super hands-off. Um, so, okay. I, yeah, I was ready. He was going to catch, he was going to catch my, my husband was going to catch my son. I mm -hmm. had like, you know, I had my setup. I had my birth tub. I had my, I had everything all kind of visualized, but I was also, I'm very go with the flow. So I was mm -hmm. also open to going with the flow. But I didn't quite, and I'll just say this now, I didn't quite anticipate an 11 and a half pound baby. I just didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> and, um, so that was, you know, you'll find out through this story that it's leading up to like that being the kind of the twist. And um, I, uh, I was, I'm, you know, into letting, I'm not, so my, I'm not in California. We have this 42 week law that mi licensed midwives aren't supposed to attend births after 42 weeks at home. Mm -hmm. um, but I was not going to let that stop me from having a home birth. I have my baby <laughs> plate. This guy was, you know, he was due on the 15th of December and we got to Christmas and he still wasn't coming. And my preceptor midwife who was trying to follow a few of the rules was like, I want you to go get a non-stress test. And I was like, I don't want to do that. But a little piece of me was just feeling like I know how to stick up for myself. I know how to get myself out of there. I'm not, you know, I have this birth experience where I felt pretty like if that was going to make her comfortable at my birth, then I didn't feel like I was going to get bullied into doing anything in the hospital. Um, and I could do that, but it was the day after Christmas and the non-stress test area of the hospital was closed. So I mm. went and got acupuncture instead. So thank you to creator for that magical intervention. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I went and got acupuncture and on my drive home, you know, hour and a half drive home, started feeling sick to my stomach a little bit, thought it was the windy roads. I got home, I went to bed. I got up in the middle of the night for my usual pee, went to the bathroom, went back into bed and water, you know, just mm -hmm. I was like, that is not pee, that is water. Mm -hmm. And um, so acupuncture really worked for me in a gentle way. And um, I was 40, you know, pretty much at the day before 42 weeks. So yay, my midwife was all happy. And, um, and yeah, that we were gonna, we were gonna get going. My, my husband had had a few beers the night before he had been just waiting, not drinking any beers, because I was gonna have a baby, but that baby wasn't coming. So he just needed to have a couple beers. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay, the guy needs to take, you know, do what he's got to do. Yeah. I wanted to let him sleep. Um, I wanted to let him rest really well. I I wasn't having any contractions, but my water had broke. So yeah, I let I let a few people know that my water had broke. My husband um, and 
my midwives, I just texted, did I text them or call them? I don't really remember. I wasn't having contractions. My water was clear. I was like, I don't really need to make a big deal out of this. Um, let's just see what happens. So I did do a few dishes, which is hilarious because I probably should have just rested, but I did a few dishes and I, you know, we always tell our clients rest, but yeah. So I of course got up, did a few dishes and then I laid down on the couch and was like, you know, I don't want my water to be broken for a long time. I'm not, I'm not going to do that <laughs> and I, without contractions. And so I started really pushing hard on the acupressure point where my thumb, you know, where your thumb is, that like chunky part of your hand there. Mm -hmm. And I really just went for it, jabbed at it and was like holding it for a minute, taking a breath for a minute, you know, just relaxing, doing it again, relaxing. And I kept that going up for a little bit. And then I got a big, you know, a nice contraction after about five, 10 minutes of doing that. And I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And mm -hmm. so I kind of, I did it for a while then, you know, I kept doing this acupressure thing because I was like, I don't know if I'm not just going to do it once. Okay. I have one contraction. Like I want to just really tell my body, this is what I want. Give it that feedback and really dive into this. And so I kept holding that acupressure point between contractions and you know over like an hour I probably had like six contractions or something so things were like starting um but still like kind of mellow but then they just kept they kept going so I stopped doing the acupressure and now they were like all right I hear you let's do this and um that felt so powerful you know I I don't know birth is so wild, but I guess I can just speak for myself and say that I had really strong intention around, um, around that and mm -hmm. it worked for whatever reason. Cool. And, um, but I know not everyone has those stories. So anyways, I, one of my catchphrases in birth is honor the magic and mystery of childbirth. And, um, and I am always really careful when I say that, like, if you put your intention to something, it's going to happen because I mean, that is true, you know, most of the time, but in a, we have to consider that birth is about more than just us, you know, more than just the birthing person. It's, there's a baby coming through with their own destiny mm -hmm. and story and, and, you know, and then what if an earthquake happens or a, <laughs> I don't even know yeah. a fire next door, you know, that's going to like shift totally. the story. And so I call it the power, you know, I call it the powers that be like, I, I really believe that we're powerful and we can make so much happen as, as birthing people. But, um, but I also feel like if we let in the magic and the mystery of everything else, then, you know, we can learn so much. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm yeah so I I was stoked that this acupressure thing did work and my intention did uh, manifest and here we are um, you know going into labor and so I was that was you know 2 a.m or something two or three and by 6 a.m they were strong and pretty close together to the point where I was like I don't know midwives should think about coming because I really felt 
Um, I support all, you know, any kind of birth, whatever a woman wants. And for me, it was like, I want a team. Like, I just want women by my side. I want to feel like, you know, I just want to, I don't want to, I know I'm not alone, even if I was alone, but I want to feel a body like smiling at me in the room. (laughs) So (laughs) I, um, I was happy to have my midwives come and that was what I felt like I desired still. But I was just, I was, um, you know, I, I had different midwives for all my births because I increasingly aligned myself more and more with midwives that I wanted at my birth. Right. Mm, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and my second birth, actually, those midwives were my first birth. She was great, too. She just she reminded me a lot of my mom and I knew my mom would like her. And <laughs> and so I hired her. But some of her practices weren't totally in alignment or something about it. I just didn't feel like a full on click. And that's, you know, that that's a whole other birth story. And then my second birth, I picked some killer midwives, amazing women, super trusting, like they were felting at my birth because they just trusted me so much. They were like, we'll just be over here in case you need us, like felting away. And they rock. I love them. And then then we moved. So I couldn't have them for my third birth, but, um, but yeah, the midwife team I had for my third birth, um, they were, you know, equally as amazing and I knew them really well. So that, that was cool. So I called them and just let them know. And so they were like slowly going to work their way over to my house. And, um, I don't really remember when they arrived. They just kind of did at some point, one of them had their own baby with them I don't remember being distracted or bothered. My kid, my other two kids woke up. Um, they were excited, of course. One of them got in the tub with me, and that was like a dream come true for me. I wanted my kids to be involved in the birth. Um, I did start to get, I don't know, just like I did need my space. So that was and that's what happened in my second birth too with my first baby there she I just at some point I needed space you know and then with my third I needed space too so I got my bonding moments I got them in a few pictures and I'm really proud of those and um and you know they would they were rubbing my back or pouring water in the birth tub and just like helping in their own little ways and then I told my husband I I'm kind of feeling like I want to call in a friend to take the girls for a walk. We lived in a small house. They were wild and needing to get outside. So our friend came and picked them up and, you know, super dear friend. Um, She put her hand on my leg. And I remember being like, don't. Um, I was at this part in my labor where I just like, didn't want to be touched. And then I saw it was her and not my husband. And I, (laughs) and I was like, I'm sorry. And of course she was like, no, it's fine. But I was really moving that 11 and a half pound baby down just took my, my full focus. And most, mm-hmm. you know, most births do, most births do. And between him being big and also, I guess, just what I need, you know, um, what I needed was very little stimulation at that point. And I don't know, that must have been like 11 a.m. or something. And, um, uh, so just, so yeah, that whole, like having my team present, but not super close was 
my recipe for success for me. Mm. So I was in my room, yeah, on my bed, kind of moving around. And then I decided I wanted to get in the tub. And um, I, I was like, I don't remember it hurting this bad. <laughs> and I just really remember thinking that. I remember being like, what the hell? I am like kind of done. I don't want to do this anymore. But I was like, I remembered from my first birth and I took this with me. I still do to this day. Um, you know, pleasure in or, uh, the other way around pain into pleasure. <laughs> pain mm-hmm. into pleasure. Um, yeah, I was so inspired by the whole orgasmic childbirth movement. And while I cannot say that I experienced that level of um, ecstasy, you know, I don't know if that's even the right word, because maybe there was some ecstasy, but just like I didn't have an orgasm, you know, but I, <laughs> but uh, but but I do like I studied a lot of orgasmic childbirth, you know, it's this whole organization. I studied a lot of their or just like read up on their stuff and watched videos of people who had these types of births. And I really was I, with my first birth. I was like, I'm going to embody this as much as I possibly can, because I'm not going to walk into this with a story. Like, I know it's probably going to hurt, but I'm not going to walk into it like fixated on like, that's what's going to happen. And this is going to suck. I'm going to be like, there could, there's a possibility for major pleasure here. And like, and we'll just see what happens. And um, my husband videotaped me in my first birth and labor, just mainly the labor. And at one point I'm walking down the street and I look up at the camera and you know, he's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm fine. You know, this isn't so bad. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm going to have another orgasm. I like accidentally said <laughs> orgasm instead of contraction. <laughs> and I was just really <laughs> embodying that. I was so into it. So yeah, I like, I again, I didn't have orgasms in my birth, but I did at one point in my pushing feel a similar level of depth and intensity when you're just, you know, in this really deep love making with your partner, you know, where it's like, so just like right up on the edge of your comfort zone, not in a bad way, not like it's about to be bad, but just that it's like, whoa, this is a big feeling, like a really big feeling. And and it's like you desire it and you want it, but you're just, you're, you know, you really have to be present with it. And so I felt that in, in all of my births really. And it, you know, that, so that was, that was my connection to, to that sort of pleasure aspect. And, and so at that point in my third birth with my son, um, where I was like this, I don't remember it hurting this bad. I, I'd already created those pathways in my brain of like, when I think of pain and hurt and all of that, um, start your mantras, start talking about pleasure and start mm-hmm. telling your body to shift the script a little bit. And, um, and like I said, again, you know, I've said this many times now, I did not have an orgasm, but it helped me shift into more of that. Like I can roll with this. I can breathe with this. I can mm-hmm. make it through. Mm-hmm. And, 
that was really the phrase that worked for me pain into pleasure pain into into pleasure and I would rock back and forth in the birth tub and say that in my in my head I might have whispered it um, it was really my own meditation and and then at some point I felt like you know I'm going to try and push I feel like maybe I'm feeling that like bowel movement urge to you know poop and I'm like I'm going to give it a try and I tried and it did not feel right I was like nope I don't have to push it. I'm like, the baby's not ready for whatever reason. Maybe I was 10 centimeters. Maybe I wasn't. Um, you know, I could have been 10 centimeters, but he wasn't really deep, you know, really low yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really powerful to try to breathe through those pushing sensations and not put a lot of pressure on pushing until it is almost like, you can't not push, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I decided I was going to wait another hour. And this all happened in my head, you know, I'm like trying to push a couple of times. No one knew that was happening. And I felt it wasn't right. I didn't even need to tell anyone that I was just like, it's not right yet. And I decided I was going to wait an hour, just have some more contractions, work through it. And after that hour, I tried again and I was like, yep, this is working now. And so that's, uh, that is the other point in my labor, you know, it was like the acupressure, the acupuncture that got me started instead of the hospital, NST wormhole crap. You know, like they're really, it's, it's not like I'm saying that is in, I should clarify, like I didn't, it's not a bad thing always, but for me, right. I was like, I don't feel, yeah, like anything is wrong. I feel great. Like this is just, this is basically something I'm being asked to do because there's a law here. Right. And she kind of made it sound like it was more than that. Like, no, this is for the safety of your baby too. Um, but I'm like, come on, I know you, we work together. Like I feel him kicking all the time. Like my vitals are great. Like I, his heart rate's awesome. I have my other babies came late. Like, let me just give me a little more time, but, um, but that's okay because the universe had a plan. Yes. So, so yeah. So I, so the acupuncture, that was, magic thing number one the acupressure that got the contraction started magic thing number two and then this of like just knowing you know and having these tools and these pathways in my brain and these these embodied skills just really from I mean yeah I'm a, I'd been a student midwife but not even for that long you know it really was just that I I'm like, I'm going to be pregnant in this lifetime. I'm going to have babies. I want to learn about this. This is my body going through major transformations. I'm going to dive in, you know, I'm going to read everything I can watch lots of movies and I'm not going to watch or read the things that I don't want to. I'm not going to read some of these books that like don't resonate. I'm going to read exactly what resonates. And I just kept diving deeper and deeper into that over the years. And so by my third birth, I just felt like I had built this whole reservoir of tools and and strength and and courage and trust in my intuition and um, and so all these little things just felt so empowering 
And um, so I'm pushing. And at some point, either people heard me pushing or I told them, I forget, my husband got in the tub with me and it was perfect and comfy and I was really happy. And, um, and at one point I felt my son's head. This was another like, what? Like this did not happen with the other two births. Mm -hmm. I felt my son's head touching my ischial spines. So he like just went through my ischial spines, you know? (laughs) And I was like, whoa. When I felt that, I was like, that's crazy. Like, and I thought this guy might he might be a little big. I don't know. All my kids are big. I didn't think too much of it, but I was like, whoa, that was different. And, um, and then at one point I was like, the next push is going to get his head out. I could just feel it. I was in the tub, right? No one was looking. There wasn't like a mirror, like looking at his head. I, I don't, I don't know that I would have been opposed to that, but it was just like me telling the room what was happening with my birth. And, Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have been comfortable with that with my first birth, but at the same time, maybe I would have, you know, I, I, that's a whole other story, but I definitely felt comfortable with it at this point. Just me saying, guys, the next push his head is coming out. I know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So everyone just maybe wiggled a little closer, but you know, nothing major. And then, and my husband, you know, he got his hands a little closer and, um, and then my son's head came out, but only like the back of his head came out fully, but on the front, it, my perineum was like, uh, uh, like still covering his nose and his mouth. Mm. And I could, in the midwife, you know, my, my preceptor midwife was like, the head was born. And I was like, no, not yet. And I, reached down behind my leg and I felt my perineum on his nose and I I like stretched it over past his chin and it didn't hurt I was like wow and I and that was another amazing moment just like all these amazing moments where I was like when I'm doing it to myself like my brain and my body have this really effective powerful method of communication. Like I know what I'm doing, where I'm touching, at what pressure I'm putting, you know, my fingers at what speed, like there's no mystery, you know? And even though I mm-hmm. trust my midwives and I love them, there's a there's a mystery to how, how soft or, or deep they will touch you, how, how fast or slow they will pull your tissues. And, and they're amazing. They're, some of them are so intuitive most of them probably, I don't know. Many are very intuitive and they'll do it so perfect and it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But I just had this intuition looking back that like, I think that was an easy experience because I did it to myself and, Mm -hmm. um, of just, yeah, pulling my perineum past his chin and then his head was out. And that is where, (laughs) that is where I got nervous. (laughs) And I'm, I think it was just a little bit of, um, I don't know. I had this idea in my mind that, um, that my babies have sticky shoulders. And I was like, I don't know if I can get the shoulders out. And I did give myself um, about 30 seconds or a minute, maybe a minute um, where I waited for the next contraction, pushed again. 
but I felt really tired and I also felt a little nervous. And I looked up at my midwife who decided when she saw my face that maybe she was nervous too. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, I'm going to help you with the shoulders. Is that okay? And I was like, sure. And then she reached down and tried to help get his shoulder out. And, um, and I was just, you know, kind of with my arm, with my hands on the edge of the tub, but my feet were kind of in the middle and I was maybe squatting a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit. So that wasn't working. So I put one foot up kind of in a bit of a lunge and she tried again and that wasn't working. And then I leaned really far forward on the tub and that wasn't working. Mm. And then she said, you know, can you get out of the tub? And I'm like, Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) His head is out. My husband's supposed to catch this baby. (laughs) And I was, and the only, I said, yes, I climbed out of the tub. There was this little bit of panic in the room. Um, just a little bit, but definitely coming from me, um, Mm. as well. And, um, just where I was like, just kind of disappointed or kind of like, but we made it this far. And, Um, and I climbed out of the tub right onto the edge of my bed, which was right next to the tub. And she tried, I was on all fours and she tried and I put a leg up and she tried. So we're going on like four, five, six minutes of the head being out to my knowledge and recollection. And from the stories that my midwives told me, you know, from their perspective, Mm -hmm. he was, had great coloring. He didn't have like, he wasn't turning purple. Mm -hmm. He was doing all right. But my main preceptor midwife um, was like, I think the one that wanted me to get the NST, I think she was thinking about um, seven minutes. And that's this like magic number of like the head can't be out for more than seven minutes. That's when babies could not do well. You know, Mm -hmm. they could Mm -hmm. get their airways cut off or. Right. Impingement of the cord um, mm-hmm. and uh, so much pressure on their bodies. So I think she was really driven by that kind of that number and just how long it was taking. And she um, had saw what she thought was like a turtling, like a super shoulder dystocia situation. So the last two minutes of his head being out, I started yelling, no, <laughs> I started yelling, no, I was like, no. And that is just real, you know, that is what happened for me. I, I was just like, this is not how it's supposed to end. No, 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 no. And, um, but she kept moving because she was like, you know, I'm getting your baby out. I'm sorry. And this was her way of getting my baby out is to Mm -hmm. put me in all these different positions and ultimately, you know, and have like fingers in, in me trying to move his shoulders, um, I guess I remember it hurting. I do remember it being uncomfortable, but mostly I was just feeling emotional, I think. And, um, and that's where a lot of my, you know, expression was coming from. And then she flipped me over to my, had me flip over. Everyone was flipping me over to my back and someone gave me super pubic pressure. So I had their, Mm -hmm. you know, um, hands. Yeah. above my pubic bone kind of Mm -hmm. giving him a push from that side. And he came out and he was fine. He was basically laughing at us. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. 
and they put him right on my chest and I don't remember any panic about whether or not he was okay. You know, I remember his color being good and I remember mm-hmm. him looking very squished in the face, like super duper squished because he was uh, even more so than probably, you know, he, pro- you know, he was so big and he, and he was just really having to squeeze through that mm-hmm. small space and all babies do, but I mean, he was 11 pounds, so he really had to squish and yeah, he, um, I remember his face looking really squishy and kind of, like squished and kind of a little bit bruised and um but he cried and I remember that my I don't know how much I bled but I remember my midwife was like you're kind of bleeding I'm going to you know I really want to give you pitocin is that is that okay and at that point well I have to say I think it was Merritt Marin, yeah, there's a podcast about placenta births, and I didn't. I wish I had heard that before I had my babies. But mm-hmm. um, I, in some part of it, she talks about how she doesn't remember some of her placenta births, and and wow, how wild that you don't even remember that um, mm-hmm. because it's just kind of this thing that the doctors and the midwives take care of, and you're just there with your baby, and like we'll just do this for you, but it's kind of like what? Like, no, now that I see, like, I just know so much more. I'm like, it can really be not only empowering, but more safe, more gentle, um, less traumatic. If, um, we as birthing people can take charge of that birth as well, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, so much easier, but it's way easier than getting the baby out. But it still takes some focus and attention. Um, but I don't really remember the deliver. I mean, I kind of vaguely remember it. I remember her saying, I'd like to give you Pitocin. I remember no one was stressing about the placenta, like being up in there for too long. Like it did come in a reasonable amount of time. She, I think my midwife was just like, so kind of adrenaline, like adrenaline out from that pushing that she mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to deal with any hemorrhage and you just had this ginormous baby. Can I just do this? <laughs> and so again, I see where I did have to make some compromises mm-hmm. um, and I was willing to make them, but I was also like, dang, you know, that um, that's interesting. Yeah. But I do say that, yeah, I do want to say that I, I did, I do try, I, I do did trust that team. Mm-hmm. And I did want it to be a team. I really did. I wouldn't have wanted to not have that team. Right. Even if it meant that maybe I would have figured out how to get Azure out on my own, even if it would have meant that I wouldn't have gotten Pitocin. I just really wanted witnesses at my birth. And um, and maybe I could have found witnesses that would have uh, done things slightly differently. Maybe it would have been easier at the end. Maybe not. I, you know, that's the magic and the mystery. And Mm -hmm. I've learned to really drop into that and love and give love to that versus a lot of resistance and, um, like anger or anything like that. Like just, just really believe it's so profound and it's so not easy sometimes, but really believing in the, and it like brings tears to my eyes, like really believing in the magic and the mystery of, um, (laughs) it's totally making me cry. 
<laughs> but just, you know, really believing in that because life is not just a bunch of isolated events. You know, it's like everything is connected and we have a big future in front of us and so do our children. And who knows what our experiences are going to teach us as um, time plays out time goes on um Mm -hmm. I do feel like I gained a lot of insight and inspiration from that experience and anyways I I still feel like it's going to unravel over the years and um I do think there can be and maybe there are a few really special midwives and I'm gonna look them up one of these days who have like shoulder dystocia like super skills and can really guide a person through helping their really big babies out and, um, you know, through positions and relaxation and just staying really peaceful. And, um, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe that midwife is going to be you someday down the line. Yeah, for sure. Totally. I'm really excited about that possibility. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, well, Elise, thank you so much. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm trying to. No, it's okay. I'm trying to think if there was anything else to mention. Oh, I I did want to mention this that um, I. I wanted another thing I wanted for the community, for my family. Like I wanted to, I knew it would make it easier for me if I could tell people that like with my first baby, I, with all my babies, I only breastfed and they were big and they got big and they got really chunky. And my stepdad one day was like, with my first, what are you feeding that kid Coca-Cola? And I'm like, what the hell? No, I'm not giving my baby Coca-Cola. Like this is breast milk. Like you don't even know. This is magic stuff. And yeah, it's chunky and it is great. And I was like, you know, my family's going to have something to say about this. And Hey, they're my family. Like I, you know, I, I, I love them. I I did my thing. I had my home birth, but I want to be able to tell them that this baby did not have high sugars and that I Mm -hmm. didn't either. I mean, I'm a super healthy person. I eat really well, but sure. Yeah. Maybe more sugar than I should. I don't know. I'm not, I don't eat fast food or binge on candy bars, but I, yeah. So our sugars, I mean, every, he was, my son's sugars were totally normal. And so he was just big and maybe it did have something to do with, you know, what I ate. I eat a lot of dairy, like raw, cow milk and um and I don't know I had a thing for milkshakes so I totally would have milkshakes every once in a while I don't know what it was that made it so big genetics you know like yeah I don't really know but well didn't you say yeah, didn't you say I, earlier though that you had bigger babies in the past like your other two children were bigger as well yeah and my dad swears he was 13 pounds when he was born I don't know if that's true but I'm like okay well <laughs> I think you were, we're big. That's all I know. Totally. <laughs> totally. <Aww. laughs> oh. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of misconception. I feel there's, there's real stuff. And then there's not so real stuff around concerns of big babies and why they're mm-hmm. big and all of that. And, um, 
yeah, I'm here to to tell anyone who's listening that sometimes it's totally, totally normal and you can do it. And if you want to put your mind to it, um, be open to the magic and the mystery of the flow and it's going to teach you something super profound without a doubt. Mm. Oh, Elise, thank you so much. I love, again, I love having you on it. Yeah. I, I wish I could see your face right now because I miss your face, but it's so nice to just hear oh, your voice. You <laughs> it's so nice yeah. to hear your voice. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to record your story and to hold space for you. Um, I'm, I'm so honored and I'm so honored to, to know you, um, in real life and to have worked with you it's been such a pleasure um and is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today i might have just said it just now the whole magic and mystery thing uh-huh. um, yeah you know it's just it's just at, at the at the end of the day it's like believe in yourself you know just really really believe in yourself and um because you can do anything you want really <laughs> totally and it's easier said than done you know I feel but like once you start doing it more and more believing in yourself it's like there's no turning back you just see that like believing in yourself is so worth it and reaps such incredible rewards and benefits and like just doubting ourselves is uh it becomes really uncomfortable and um I'm so grateful that I'm I'm in that place more and more of you know with humility of course and open to learning but um and that's part of that's part of it but believing believe believe in yourself and Jaden you're amazing you're such Mm -hmm. a wonderful person I love you and I'm I'm really happy to know you as well. And I'm, I'm excited to stay in touch. Yes, I, I love you too. And I'm so, yeah, definitely will stay in touch and so excited for you. Elise just got a new job at a birth center down in Rockland. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to her. So exciting. Yeah. And um, yeah, bless, <laughs> blessings on your journey with that. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to again, you know, staying in touch with you in the future and just all of the magic you are going to bring um, to Northern California and all of the families that you're going to serve. They're really grateful to have you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thanks to you and Indy Burst. Yes. Thank you, Elise. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.